King James Virgin, where each and every week my friends Alan and Adam recount Bible stories from their childhoods to me. I've never heard them before. My name is Nick. I'm Alan. And I'm Adam. So uh, it's been an interesting couple weeks yeah. that uh, have inspired this episode. Yeah. Um, I, I never, ex- like, it always surprised me as I'm getting older when there's all these words just forced into my lexicon. Mm-hmm. You know, like self-isolating oh, or yeah. social distancing, like, yeah. you know, super normal words, but it's just, they're it's, words that, you know, but not together. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. Or like suddenly take on a whole new meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quar- quarantine is real. Yeah. It's not just <laughs> a thing from movies or other countries. Um, and speaking of other countries, I was on uh, Reddit a couple weeks ago now, maybe a week, week or two. There's a post saying, um, Hey, because of this thing that's happening, what else in the world are we missing? Like, what are we distracted and not talking about? Oh, you know, like what, what <laughs> yeah. big, big news stories. Right. And someone's like 180,000 comments. Right. Yeah. But, uh, the one that grabbed my attention was, um, yeah. So there's like a cloud of locusts that are going to eat Africa. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that thing. have you, Adam, have you seen a video of it? No. Pull it up right now. Okay. It, yeah. It's astonishing. It's like the uh, uh, gator video, but locusts. It looks like sideways hail, mm-hmm. but it's grasshoppers. Right. Which um, we've talked about. Which we've talked about in our Moses episode. Oh, Jesus. Moses throwing it down. It's worse than you probably had in your head. Those are huge. Mm-hmm. And so the, the you know one of the comments on that comment was, well, uh, there's, there's at least two checks for the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You know, we got plague and pestilence. Okay. Um, and so that just kind of popped this in my head that, oh, I should reread in revelation about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to like delve hard into revelation because it is, it's thick and magical. Um, and you have special relationships to that, right? right? Our religion was kind of obsessed with, well, denomination, the end times specific, not necessarily. Right. Right. right, right. Yeah. I guess we should probably talk about this because like, we can talk a little bit you about and it. I, like you and I have, I mean, like within Adventism, like at the seventh day Adventism, like at the Adventism is, is specifically talking about the, like the second yeah. coming of Christ, um, being kind of the denouement of the, uh, finale. I can't think of, I can't think of any terms anywhere. Denouement would be the trip there, but anyway, like, and that's the end of <laughs> yeah. prophecy and all this stuff. Like Adventists are stereotypically obsessed with Daniel revelation and this whole like end times, the end apocalypse, times. apocalypse. A lot of, pre- a lot of preppers. Yeah. And, and so in talking about the four horsemen, uh, we won't be covering all of that. No, correct. Like, it, we're we're a, covering four verses. Well, I'm going to read some previous verses just because I think, I think, uh, Nick will like them a lot. Yeah. Um, it's very metal. Great. It's so metal. <laughs> like you read these uh, three chapters and you're like, I get why Christian metal exists. Yeah. <laughs> A Christian metal of like Christian music makes the most sense. Sure. Sure. Uh, uh, or harp music. Yes. Yeah. It's like, it's either like <laughs> ancient Greek harp yeah. music. You or need a double kick drum or harps. <laughs> you yes. can have both. Or both. Both. Yeah. Totally both. All this was to say that Alan and I don't really have, it didn't gravitate to, towards the, I th- you know, I think a lot of Adventists who grew up in it didn't necessarily have like a obsession with prophecy the way that either the initial Adventists did or like new converts did. Okay. Um, it was a thing that we had to put up with. Well, so our, our church specifically, well, our, um, denomination had these giant end times seminars as a way to attract people to the church. Usually once a year. I, 
I, th- I find that really fascinating. Well, that that's the bait. Yeah, but it's literally like the guy on the street corner with the end is nigh. Sure. Right. Yeah. I guarantee you got a flyer at, oh, once oh, a year. I'm sure. I, yeah. As yeah. A kid. Yeah. So okay, you grew up in the Chicago in Chicago land. Uh-huh. So it would be a, it'd be a, a cityscape of Chicago mm-hmm. with a giant <laughs> Jesus like rising out of the city. Possibly. Over. Yeah possibly fighting a dragon. There could Ooh. also be like a very kind of Greco Roman, like a woman, like in a like purple toga um, <laughs> with a like, six headed, like multi-headed animal beast coming after the her. The artwork is rad it's as insane. shit. Yeah. Again, uh, just sets up the imagery for Christian metal. I, yeah. I, it's I, hard to tell which, which came first. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I worked uh, at a, um, uh, oh, right. A design studio for a while that wasn't religious, but we were in a kind of a religious town, but we did a couple of these religious publications. So I had access to all that artwork and to just like goof off and probably would have gotten, uh, Jesus, you should have lo- copied that hard drive. We would have lost the client, but, um, I made like sk- cityscapes with Jesus battling Godzilla and all that stuff, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, the, um, you know, like the, the kind of internet-y thing of, uh, my grandma has this picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi and she thinks it's Jesus. Yes. I don't know that, but it's delightful. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. It's, yeah. Ewan okay. McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Anyway, <laughs> oh, <great>. like <laughs> the artwork that I created to make fun of it. Some Christians would probably be like, oh yeah, yeah. Jesus fighting a dragon. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so. So you're that, filling the bleachers with converts. That's all to say that we are not delving into revelation as a whole <laughs> because it's scary and too big for us. So we will get there eventually, but we're taking a little bite yeah. because of the moment that we live in right now. Uh, is this like, are we talking like final pages of the Bible? Is this how this thing ends? Literally, yes. These, okay. these are the first pages of the final book of the Bible. Great. Yeah. Uh, this, the four horsemen are kind of, are literally like the heralds of the apocalypse. Yeah. So like the four, the four horsemen are like, oh shit, it's about to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the kicks off the rest of this. In kind of the same vein of like Adventists not necessarily digging or like, you know, not being true. It, it feels a little bit like, cause Adventism is as much a culture as it is a denomination. Like mm-hmm. there's a, I'm sure people have picked up that there are some weird things that are not like Christian. They're Adventist. Yeah. yeah. And so in preparation for this, Alan and I kind of, we texted some of our friends who are either ex Adventists or have a history of it. And I texted specifically, which horseman is your favorite? Exactly. Or mm-hmm. do you, ha- and I, I happen to know two people who were Adventist pastors who, who have since left. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like, do you have any just, you know, things from school or whatever? One gave me one piece of advice that he remembered from a, from a, a teacher. That's, it's kind of fun, but the, both of them were like, yeah, I kind of didn't like prophecy. So as soon as I could jump off that wagon, I just ignored huh. it completely. It's so, interesting. So it's kind of funny. It, it probably should have been a sign at that point that <laughs> yeah, maybe we don't buy into it's, this. What's interesting to me without knowing the story here, right. uh, that it's the, uh, the selling point that gets people in seats, but it didn't resonate with any of y'all. Sure. It's weird. Like, like you'd think that that it would simultaneously be all of your favorite thing, which is why you invite people in and like, it's the thing. It it should be. I mean, you don't exclusively sell Beatles records at your shop, you know, like, like (laughs) I'm just saying like, just because it's popular doesn't, it kind of turns us off to Uh, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. I see what you're saying. Not to like, you know, be like the, the Jack Black, uh, cliche record store hipster right right because it's cool i hate it yeah uh but because this was forced at us a lot we tend to ignore it yeah um anyway let's do it let's do it so this is a little different because it's not really a story as much so i'm not making adam recall these things we're mostly just gonna talk about them but before we get started on the four horsemen themselves i wanted to read a little bit from uh just the the two chapters before 
to kind of set the stage and also because it's metal as shit. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I edited this down um, just because it's, it's obviously wordier. So here we go. This is from, uh, I think, chapter four. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> he's basically spent the first three chapters just admonishing churches, being like, admonishing? Yeah. Just like I said it. It didn't sound right. I hate it when that happens. Uh, being like, like calling him like, to the lazy church, to the apathetic church, mm-hmm. to the has a coffee stand in the entryway church. Mm. Like he like gives them names mm-hmm. and he's just yelling at them all and like a lot of finger wagon. And in some cases, like actually calling out specific names oh, absolutely too. Absolutely. Like it's not churches. just, it's not just like generic, like yeah, to the yeah, lazy right. church. It's also like you, I think like, isn't Laodicea like specifically a church? I, that one always stuck in my head for some Harold. Reason. The church that you like. Right. It's like yeah. the church to the church of Laodicea. You're like, fuck you. Yeah. You're going to burn. <laughs> Uh, so after he gets done, uh, like ragging on churches, he, he's like, and then I was transported in a vision, blah, blah, blah. And he says, immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne and there was a rainbow around the throne and around the throne were 24 thrones. And on the throne, I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. So you see this one, like <laughs> it's, it's actually like a little more psychedelic than it is metal to me. If we're, pa- if we're the, pinning a genre, the, ra- on it, the, the rain- rainbows oh. and like the repeated patterns of thrones going, yeah. you know, like sure, sure. Uh, Think yeah. of a ghost album. Yes. Like, it's, yeah. It's, it's like the Tolkien stuff that inspired the artwork yeah, yeah. for metal bands. Yeah. Yeah. I guess metal's not quite the right thing. Well, no, I mean like, especially when you start getting into the, uh, the beasts, then it gets very metal, but it's, it's more mythical yes. than like Scandinavian metal yeah, yeah, yeah. where we're just like hanging crosses upside down and burning churches down. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal and around the throne, there were four living creatures. This is important. Mm-hmm. Full of eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second like a calf, the third had a face like a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. That's some like Lovecraftian shit right mm. there. That's pretty crazy. We got, <laughs> six, well, we got six wings. We got a shitload of eyes. Uh, what else we got? I have a question. Is this like, so we're, uh, yeah, final, final whatever the fuck book of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, Revelation. Yeah. Is, is this also like the first time that we're like getting the description of like new creatures? No, there's some of this in Daniel. There's some in Ezekiel. Yeah. Although the Daniel, some in Isaiah, I think no one's as like bestial. If in my memory serves like the stuff in Daniel specifically is less beasts and magic creatures and that sort of thing. It's more, it's more like Daniel is more like timelines and um, it was more math. Yeah, but it is our I'm not misremembering like we haven't talked about any like. No, this yeah. is it. OK, great. This is the first time we've. Talked oh, yeah. About this is the first time we're into like like multiple eyes yeah. and six wings. And, Love it. Yeah. We had a guy that turned into a cow, but that was about it. Oh, yeah, we did. Forgot about <laughs> Bay, not Balaam. Nebuchadnezzar. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Balaam. Why did that? But that was in Daniel. Right. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually a, a tie in with Daniel that I, I'll talk about later about interpretations. Okay. Um, and I saw in the right, we're going to read a little more. There's a little bit of setup. It's fine. This is, is this the only time that I've read from the Bible that you actually don't hate it? Uh, so far I'm into it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, me too. When I read it, I was like, Which this is awesome. It is now like, this is how you get asses in seats. 
Oh yep. yeah, yeah. You know, like one of the, the friend who I did, did respond with stuff is like he he was talking about when I asked him about the four horsemen specifically. He was like, the posters uh, loved the four horsemen because they all ended up looking like fantasy novel covers, and it's like that's a perfect description totally. of like yeah, and you get something that looks like a fantasy novel cover in your mail, and you're like, well, at the very least, this is going to be fucked up. Yeah, lots of fire, lots of fire. Uh, and I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it under the earth. They're talking about like the Leviathan, which there is this giant sea creature in the Bible that is mentioned quite often. And that's just like can there. <laughs> and, and and completely brushed over. Why? Like in the Bible, I mean, a, yeah, but, uh, a bit. But it's talked about. Like, can you remember a single time it was brought up in the context of biblical study? No, growing up, it's in Daniel as well. I think. Yeah, I mean, no. I, I, it's Amazing. funny because, like, I know what a Leviathan is from the Bible. Uh huh. But it's literally without one of those any things. real context. No, like, yeah, just there. It's just there. And we're just going to ignore an episode on <laughs> we should do an episode on that. Totally. On mythical creatures of the Bible or like one just on the just Yeah, sure. Into it. Uh, also mole people. So I wept much <laughs> Get to the bottom of this. <laughs> I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. Don't look at the scroll. I'm going to skip a little bit. Blah, blah, blah. Did you just describe the scroll? <laughs> Don't look at it. Don't look at it. <laughs> And I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out to all the earth. Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now okay. you start getting like Alistair Carlin vibes. And it's like, oh, oh, this is what they were. Yeah. Just people dug this, the language. Yeah. So the, so the lamb is able to open the scroll uh-huh. and uh, w- there's the seven seals. It has uh, one of its horns is actually a letter opener. Yes. Very, very, yeah, for. a very uh, convenient. The sixth um, one. Weirdly. So the first four seals are the horsemen. That's right. I see. So we're only doing four. Okay. We'll get to the other three later. Great. Growing up, we had this like huge, it was like this weird book. Actually, you know what it looked like? Uh, remember those sometimes you get VHS things that came like two VHS you know, like a plastic case. Yeah, I know. So exactly it looked like about. that, but it, w- it was filled with cassettes. And there must have been multiples of them because it was it was the entire. There are some um, bespoke cassette tape labels that release uh, in those. Fuck yes. Yeah. Uh, that makes total sense. So much plastic. It is a lot yeah. of plastic. <laughs> and a lot of air in between the mm-hmm. plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, this one was like, it was an audio retelling or audio performance of the Bible. And for most of it, it was just voice actors reading straight through. But for Revelation, they added like this like moody synth, like kind of creepy <laughs> yes. 80s synth. Great. And like, I almost, I wore through that cassette as a kid, like <laughs> scared the fucking shit out of me. But like, it was one of those like, how I imagine most people's, you know, interaction with horror movies is where you're like too scared. Like you really don't want to, but you really want to. And you're like torn between this desire. Yeah. That was my experience with it. It like triggers some kind of dopamine receptor in you. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, ignore the Leviathan and all the like, wing, I will not winged things. <laughs> Just imagine like a slain lamb who is alive with seven horns, with seven horns, and seven, and seven eyes. eyes. That's eerie. disturbing. Yeah. That's album cover material right mm-hmm. there. I mean, it's, I mean, stranger things. Monsters look like that. Yeah. Um, and so now we're finally getting to the horses. I just mm-hmm. feel like we needed to set that very grand mythical stage. I'm glad you did. Uh, I enjoyed reading it. Um, so Adam, do you remember, have you, I don't know, have you looked up what the first horse is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know what the horses are. That's the, the white horse, then the red horse, the black horse, and then the pale horse. Right. Uh, 
I'm sure Nick, you've seen art of the four horsemen. Yeah. I, uh, I was not anticipating that y- you would list them in color. I thought, I don't know why I thought there would be some other descriptor. It's the, the pale horse thing. The pale horse. Yeah. 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 Well, I saw a pale horse. Behold. Yeah. Well, we have the first horse. We'll go through them in order. Um, so the first horse, so for the first horse, let me actually read the text and then I won't for the future ones. Not all of it because it, it repeats the first bit. Uh, now, when I saw the lamb opened one of the seals, I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, come and see. And I looked and behold a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went conquering and to conquer. Hmm. So there's a lot of interpretations on who the white horse is. Uh, some people think it's Jesus. You know, okay. like coming back. Some people think it's the Holy Spirit who came down. Do you remember uh, in Acts? I don't think we covered Pentecost. We did briefly at the beginning of the Saul Paul, I believe, um, where the little tongues of fire came down on the. Oh, I don't remember this. Yeah, I, I feel like we just brushed over like me. I mentioned Pentecost, the word Pentecost, and we moved on quickly from it. Essentially, after Jesus ascends, after he's dead. Yeah. Spoiler. Um, yeah. Sorry. Uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit <laughs> is given to yeah <laughs> or, uh is given to not only the disciples but everybody else kind of following uh yeah, yeah. or wanting to and the idea is there is the gift of the third so I, i'm sure you've heard of the idea of the trinity the god yeah. the father god the son god the holy spirit yeah the, so the holy spirit now descends upon to guide you as and it's essentially your and conscience bestow powers yeah and bestow powers the most like ostentatious of which is speaking in tongues the ability to speak uh, in a way that anybody, regardless of their language, can understand you. Yeah. Which is often misused <laughs> yeah. by uh, Pentecostal churches. Yeah. Even evangelicals just uh, scat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Pentecostal churches is in reference to Pentecost, as in Got specifically it. this. What's kind of cool is uh, this is real like Mike Magnola Hellboy <laughs> shit, uh, including yeah. including this because he he often does like that little like flame above uh-huh. people's heads, which is kind of. Got it. It got to be a reference to the the Holy Spirit, sure, because they call it like tongues of fire, yeah, yeah, above their heads. So this is a good horse of the apocalypse. Well, it also can be interpreted as the Antichrist. Uh, Correct. Okay. So originally it was re- interpreted as like the gospel, like spreading through the nation or the Holy Spirit, but then later it became the Antichrist. Okay, uh, which is more fun. Uh, but but then pr- specifically uh, Napoleon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. A conquering he will go. Exactly. There's this side thing. Do you remember when we were talking about Daniel, how religions and our religion interpreted as being this like sequential events of like end time shit. When in reality, it was probably just like a dig on the current oppressors. Uh So this is potentially the same thing. Okay. So a lot of religions interpret it as prophecy when in reality, it may just be like satire is not the right word, but yellow journalism. Sure. He's just uh, like, this is about the Roman empire uh-huh. who yeah. is the current oppressors. Uh-huh. And so they're thinking this one is about the prosperity of the Roman empire. So it's the first horse and kind of the early Roman empire was uh, it just conquered. It seemed invincible. It could do no wrong and it, it spread. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, that's interesting. It can be, yeah, it's, it's interpreted as like global war mm-hmm. as well uh, or pestilence. Um, it, it also can, a couple of the horsemen can be interpreted as plague as well. Okay. Uh, but it's kind of the global war being the first horse. Okay. Yeah. And the bow, uh, specifically references the Romans from the Island of Crete because, uh, oh, they were like apparently amazing with the Archers. bow Where, because the, you know, the later Roman empire was very much like a sword. Yeah. Yeah. 
also, it's worth noting that um, one of the things that Tim, my friend who had, was a pastor, that said that he had his the note from his professor, he said, apocalyptic is unbeatable because it's repeatable. And what he was meaning is that symbols likely have something specific meaning at a specific time, but they can be reinterpreted over and over again. Sure. Oh, sure. And so to me, was a I found that idea to be kind of abhorrent. The Revelation seminars were built upon this idea that this was truth that yeah, no yeah. one was sharing with you. And uh-huh. we had this like secret. This is the real shit. Right. But the idea being that like when you got into the upper echelons of Adventist theology, you start going, well, actually, all of this can be reinterpreted and reinterpreted and reinterpreted to me means like, well, that's not, you know, capital T truth. That's. <sighs> taking a vague story and instead like to me like if it's a vague story and you can't apply it to anything concrete then that's not remarkable that's just that's imaginative yeah yeah versus- well and, but it also uh, what's interesting to me is that the uh you know the idea that our working as humanity definition of apocalypse is so malleable sure. to describe, you know, like we repurpose that for it, our current situation. Right. Uh, when it snows a lot here, right. You know, like it's, it's so malleable. Yeah. yeah. Or like a big mattress sale. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a mattress apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. Which brings us to the second horse, which was just a giant mattress yep. on a horse. <laughs> Correct. And this, this episode sponsored by Casper. <laughs> Casper, get at it. Uh, another horse, fiery red went out and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. This war. Is this is the red horse or war or specifically civil war. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Infighting. That's the difference between the global war and the like civil war. Sure. There's like the, the idea behind all these horses is essentially like that the end times will be kicked off by a shitload of war, mm-hmm. which is also a little vague in that. Like if we can name a time in history when it like the earth isn't just covered in war. Yeah. Right. Like great. Yeah. And then we get to the Roman interpretation where it was kind of, you know, later on in the Roman rule after uh commodus, commodus, commodus. Commodus, C-O-M-M-O-D-U-S. Commodus. Commodus. Commodus, the Commodus sounds creator yeah. of the toilet. The emperor. <laughs> uh, where he, I like this quote, he had nothing to wish and everything to enjoy. He was the son of Marcus Aurelius. So like everything had been conquered. Uh-huh. And uh, because of that. I mean, you missed a few spots, but. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, because of that, like things just started falling apart and he was just cruel for cruel's sake. Um, and after he died, there was a period of 92 years where there were 32 emperors and 27 pretenders to the empire. So that was the civil war. Like the military kind of just ran amok and took power from each other. Got it. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the Roman interpretation of this. Yeah. Um, and that's the red horse obviously for blood. I mean, that one's kind of on the nose. Yeah. No one really argues about the red horse that much. It's like, yeah, war. That yeah, one makes got, sense. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> let, him, let him keep doing his thing. Definitely not as ambiguous as the first one, which can either be Christ or the Antichrist. Right, literally. Who knows? That. Pick one. Could be really good. Could be really bad. <laughs> Nothing in between. Yeah. Actually, it could be something in between. So we don't know. Yeah, yeah. And now we're on to the you black. You have to ask him four questions to figure out which one he is. <laughs> now we're on to the black horse, which is uh, famine mm. or the black plague. Mm. Wait, <laughs> I'm sorry. Strike that. The black horse, which is famine. Yep. Famine. Uh, so, so I looked and behold a black horse. He was sitting on it, had a pair of scales in his hand. Um, and this is the only one that like has a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying a quart of wheat for a denarius, three quarts of barley for a denarius, 
do not harm the oil and the wine. Okay. I think it's very specific to the people. <laughs> he, accidentally at the time. he accidentally tapped into like a stock report and didn't know what the hell was going on. It's like when you're uh, like plugging your amp in and it's not grounded and you pick up the radio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He just got like, you know. Uh, kind of what that means is like a price of grain. That, that uh, means- excuse me. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know what that was all about. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It means that the, they were listening to the price of grain is like 10 times the normal amount. Okay. So like famine. shit was expensive. Famine. Yeah, right. Um, but because it has a voice, it's the least interpretable one. Like that's what that is. Sure. Totally. Um, and the explanation I could find for like the oil and the wine was that it affected the poor, like the lower class more like the bread of life. Whereas the. I don't know. One explanation was that the grain crops would have been more naturally susceptible to famine because of locusts and olive trees and grapevines. Yeah, this is, by the way, this is the, uh, got it. This is where the locusts come in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also like, and Alan's kind of alluded to this too, like how they've been connected to, you know, specific empires, but they keep kind of being reapplied at different points. So like there, I heard there's different interpretations where instead of the Roman empire, it was the allies and the axes and Axi Axi. Yeah. There, there's actually a lot of this applied to World War One. Yes, a lot to World War One, uh-huh. some to World War Two. Um, but the what's the grain famine where they figured out uh, the the GMO thing to actually make grain? Like it's in the early 1900s, there's a it's 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 the thing that people trot out all the time to like talk about how the positives of GMO essentially like we we quadrupled the amount of grain that we can grow yearly, and that's the only way that we've avoided like massive famine across right. the world. Yeah, and like that specific instance was was touted as like this was pre that yeah um and it's kind of weird because as soon as we bust one of these bubbles like oh this is for sure like the like the the, you know, the red horse is, is definitely the romans and then that like the roman empire falls and like well, we pop that bubble we just move on to the next person in power yeah well yeah and again if it was just a dude at the time writing about the current politics it's all about the romans sure sure so this one specifically is about excessive taxation and it's not famine as much as like over taxation or a fever dream. Um, it was basically that. Yeah. It caused, you know, chaos and resentment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, la- they couldn't buy as much food for themselves. So sure. also a little bit of famine. Uh, so that's the Roman interpretation there, which moves us to the pale horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Death. Uh, what I like about this one is. They straight up tell you. Well, yeah, but this, now, this took me by surprise. When, oh, go ahead. when you picture a pale horse. How is it different than a white horse? Oh, I'll get there. But, so great. But first, it's also think in, in the idea of pale. It's also like, think like sunken. Nope. <laughs> it's better. I mean, okay. Well, it, cause I actually have like some word, uh, interpretation, but hold on. Uh, so I look and behold a pale horse and the name of him who sat on it was death and Hades followed him. Hey, I hey. think that's fun. That is cool. We get a little crossover bit of like event. A little Greek yeah. mythology. And I yeah. like that, uh, which is interesting because it, as an adult rediscovering Greek mythology as a kid, my understanding that like the comparison to Hades was the, to the devil. That's not, is that what you were going to say? Nope. But like, essentially like, like, no, he's the God of the underworld. Like he's the keeper of the, of the afterlife, but he's not evil mm-hmm. in the way that the, the devil is evil. And so like, it's just funny that right in front of me this entire time, they were, he was making this, they were making a distinction. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I like it. That is interesting. Okay. So about the color, the actual word is more like pallid, um, and apparently it's the Greek word of chlorophyll and chlorine. So it's actually more interpreted as like a yellowish green. Oh, interesting. Like a, a corpse like color. Cool. Uh, which I think is cool. So death. It's trying to. Yeah. 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 yeah right. The sickly pallor. Mm-hmm. 
so it's it's more like a chartreuse, a pale chartreuse horse. Chartreuse is pretty intense. But it's like the yellow green, yeah. but pale. Um, like not, not necessarily white. Right. Yeah, like boogers. Yeah. <laughs> it's that booger horse. Yeah. Uh, it is weird that like the Bible brought in another mythos. Yeah, right, Hades. <laughs> and I wonder if the original like, thing, it wasn't Hades. Well, no, because it was Greek. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was, so it would have been Hades. But that, that actually was weird given that they were in They're Roman. the Romans. Some people interpret this to be the very first Marvel versus DC issue. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is Not where versus. that came from. <laughs> no, this they're, is where. Like, oh, same team. It's like the, those two combo like crossovers. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I, that was actually probably the biggest shock for me reading these four verses. I was like, holy shit. What's that guy doing Hades. there? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> it's, like, it's like he just wandered on stage. Oh shit. I was oh, like, I'm, I was I'm like, hey, supposed yeah, to be here. Yeah. uh, dead lamb, seven eyes, seven horns. Fine, 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 fine. Hades. Hades. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Like, uh, it's like a Deadpool movie where you like sit suddenly see like somebody in the background. It's like, you're not supposed to be here. It's the, the Howard duck. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Everything's fucked. Um, <laughs> they, and they, we live right now. And they herald the beginning of the apocalypse. Okay. Yeah. We get into the other seals and, and um, they all just go off on in. Yeah. Wreak so havoc or well, kind of what happens right after this is, um, I, 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 the I Catholics actually, take over. Well, well, I, well, no, there's like, there's this very descriptive scene next where, um, all of humanity is standing on like the, the flat earth basically. <laughs> but imagine like, I want to see on, uh, sorry, on the playa. We're all at Burning Man. <laughs> but no, there's there's mountains and cities, and then it's like this dream sequence where islands and mountains are just like like pulled out uh. and it becomes this flat, like dark plain, and men are like searching for rocks to like crush them and hide under because they're afraid of what's to come. Whoa. Also like, very it sounds awesome. I would say it's also very uh Lovecraftian. Yeah, totally. So I would not mind if this happened to Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little less uh, explicit uh, uh, sexual acts than any Lovecraft. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, there's, lots of eyes, none. few tentacles. Correct. Correct. Yeah, more more eyes and, than tentacles. Eyes and horns, no tentacles. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's the Four Horsemen. I it just it's probably like the coolest three chapters of the entire Bible. I think. I'm trying to think of anything different that's i mean it, it is definitely if you disagree tweet <laughs> us if you can think of three chapters in the bible that are cooler than these three or three please let us verses know. or chapters chapters because i started with oh, uh, chapter four through uh, revelation four through six got it this is just this beginning of uh yeah six. i do like it asses and seats i get it uh and i guess i also do kind of understand why if you were in it this would be like the, yeah, like it, 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 it is in no way defining your belief system at all. So Nick, I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, you're going to need to come every week, yep. maybe <laughs> twice a week and give us 10% of your money. Also, okay. you can no longer, well, actually this works for you. You can no longer eat meat or drink alcohol, okay. but you check, also check. have to give up caffeine. Ugh, I'm out. Although, well, and pepper, you might not and have maybe to, yellow mustard. You might not have to. Those are those are fringe things. But you'll like if you want to like get like upper echelons, you definitely have to give up. I'm going to combine. I'm going to do a little bit of you, a little bit of Evie's Catholicism. Right. I'm going to drink coffee and then I'm just going to say I'm sorry. <laughs> that <laughs> really doesn't work in uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adventism. <laughs> no, no, you need to you need to mean well, feel guilty about it, ask for forgiveness, but be, but be covered the entire time by grace. Yeah, okay. we're covered by grace, but just always guilty. Yeah, feel bad about it, even though you're okay. And no alcoholic caffeine to make us feel better. <laughs> it's fun. Oh, so true. The weird thing about it is like, you're right. This doesn't really have any bearing on your like a belief system, but like 
we're immediately going to start like they would present this and then the, the next half of this specific episode of the seminar. What do you call a seminar? I don't know. This would be like every night for a week. Right. You but come like, and listen to this. But the, the second half of it would be, would then be the pastor or presenter or whatever uh, tying it to real world events and going like this is who this means. It represents this. Not the second this half. Way. That's the that's the middle. The last bit would be. And we, and the only way that you can be saved from any of this is by joining uh-huh. us sure. and repenting right, 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 right. and yeah, but it's a good, it's a, so yeah, if this is the beginning of that good attention getter. Yeah, for sure. And you can also like, there'll be things like it tends to attract people who are already a little like tinfoil hatty. Of course, because know. I mean, the whole get is, do you stay up at night worrying that right. the city is going to go up in flames with a dragon right. and need somebody to defeat it? Well, and post internet, uh-huh. like there'd be you know, like, sometimes the all seeing I would be mixed in to get some like Illuminati shit type uh, like symbolism floating. Great. You know, like you're, yep. you're, to me, it actually feels a little bit like playing into even when I was participating in it, it felt a little bit like we were preying on people who were kind of, who had like emotional woundings to the point of being like kind of vulnerable. Uh, whether that was intentional or not, it seems like earlier than that, it was simply like, come hear this crazy fucking story about the end of the world. Yeah. Right. Like that then gets co-opted to like, well, who will, who will believe that? Sure. Yeah. On, on, and to add another layer of complexity to all of this, Adventism is considered a Pentecostal denomination because of when it came out. And it also like has to do with prophecy and a bunch of that other things. That whole Pentecostal movement happened in the mid 1800s when like the civil war just happened. The entire country was like exploding West right. and there's this, a, a huge upset in kind of culture and, uh, and the entire world, but mostly like, the entire Western world, at least was kind of obsessed with this idea of, prophecy and like the lines between magic and, and magic and science. occultism Mormonism uh, came about yep. at exactly the same, sure. all this stuff. And yeah. so people, what seems now is ridiculous would have been just, would have been on secular newspapers front pages as well. Like it'd have been like, you know, man discovers prophecy link to projecting the next, you know, 50 years of American life. Right. Um, and so it's, it's in that context when you start realizing like, like the tent, like this was a thing I was to say, do. It's, very, it's, this is the revival. 100%. Yeah. Like you see the, all those like Adventism was one of those, just like less faith healing and more. This is the way forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They, instead of the, you know, sometimes for faith healing, yeah. the Adventist tent was like end times. Right. Well, and specifically there was like, Pre-Adventism, there was the Millerite movement, which right. culminated in 1844, October 22nd, like a bunch of people gathered on mountaintops because they literally thought the world was ending that day. Jesus was coming back. That specific day uh, because of other texts in Revelation. Um, Revelation, right? Or Daniel? It's a combination of Revelation. And, they, and they, figured uh, out, they, they thought they'd done the math. And so it was that poor math and them selling off everything and like be getting ready to shoot up to heaven that Adventism kind of crept back out of that. Yeah. yeah. Essentially like all the people who weren't completely disillusioned and left at that point were like, well, what did we do wrong? Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, we misinterpreted what had happened. So the interpretation is that day something did happen. God had closed the book on judging everybody. I guess we're getting into this. Um, he had basically like closed judgment. And so he had judged everybody throughout history and presumably the, the next future? 150 years <laughs> plus, um, you know, essentially had judged them all. And at this point, everybody's fate was sealed and we were just waiting for the four horsemen to show up. Yep. And so for Adventists since 1844, like every week, it's been like, we are living in the end uh times. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We were always told that everybody's got to have their angle, you know? 
You got to have your, it was honestly exhausting as a child to <laughs> yes, be like, it's... the end is always coming. Yeah. Cause yeah. there's this weird thing of like, well, who gives a shit about that? Cause Jesus is coming back, I guess. Right. W- a weird way to grow up. No, yeah. it's very strange because there was a, a level of low grade panic always. Sure. And like Sunday laws was this big thing for Adventism that we were going to Sunday law. The reinstitution of Sunday laws was going to be this thing. And the Catholics were going to bring it in, blah, 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 where Which is our own little JFK conspiracy. Yes. Yeah. Seriously. When JFK was elected president, like because first, first Catholic, elected oh. president like Adventists were like oh this is it shit <laughs> yeah um uh, and Adventists I, I mentioned that they're preppers it's because there's there's actually a portion um when Jesus is talking to his disciples uh before right before he dies and an Iron Maiden song that he's um mentioning run to the hills he's uh-huh. saying like you better hope it doesn't happen in the winter or on the Sabbath because that'll make it harder to run to the hills <laughs> I do like that on the Sabbath <laughs> as if like yeah yeah well be be conflicted yeah <laughs> Um, so that's how Adam and I grew up and we should do, and I guess, yeah, I, I acquiesce. We should do, uh, an episode on, I guess, but man, this is, this might be that episode. I will. That was to say, I'm like, my heart rate is higher than it's been in a while. And like, we I've will, been, I've we'll, been like, we'll take some time. We'll, we'll come back when it's not as, uh, prescient. I thought that reading about the four horsemen would make me f- Feel better. feel better after I've been consuming like the New York times yeah. for the last two weeks. Turns, turns out, out no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It seems like, it seems like your upbringing would make you very well prepared for this. Like, you know, this feeling like, I, like you're telling the rest of the world, like, yeah, join no, us. What it, what it actually I, I feels do have, like, I do have food for a month, but just already. Yeah. But you yeah. But I mean, actually what it feels like that like, I, I agree. Like that's what I th- would have assumed is like, Oh, you've been like prep preparing for this your entire life. What it actually feels like is like, I grew up with a dad who shouted all the time and now like an, a very loud man is shouting in my face and I've Aww. regressed to like a, to a toddler and I'm just Aww. terrified. Yeah. Adam. It's like how everyone else is watching, uh, uh, like the pandemic documentary on Netflix or Yo, what the fuck is wrong with people? Or like watching that, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow contagion Goop. movie. <laughs> Oh no! She, <laughs> no, she's like the pink. Yeah, <laughs> this is all a viral marketing stunt by Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> we don't just, know it's not. I just knowing what the content of Goop is, and like, comparing it to an outbreak. Un- <laughs> Unfortunately, it's those people who are on Facebook right now saying you can gargle salt. Oh, water. I know, I know. Yeah. Well, I think that'll do it. And we're back here on the King James Virgin. Uh, so one thing I wanted to just throw in, uh, cause it didn't naturally come up when we were talking about it, but there was a lot of sevens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Are you fixated on it. Yes. And I just wanted to, we talked about this special numbers seven days before. a week, man. Nowhere in the natural order does seven come up. It is a man-made thing. It is God driven. That's what, so sorry, the, uh, the, wow. the, uh, it's a whole thing. Jewish people picked it up when they're in exile in Babylon because the, this, I mean, this is what I read. The Babylonians could see seven objects moving in the sky. So they missed a few. They were the creators. Well, so they could see. Right. Uh, And so they created the seven day week named after. We still have it, you know, like Sunday. Yeah. Monday, Monday, Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday. We all know. Yes. But then it goes. And after that comes Thursday. But but it's more known in like, uh, I think, Spanish and like French, you know, like uh, like Miracoles. Although they're Mars Day is Wednesday. Anyway. uh, So they're all the days of the week are named after (laughs) the planets. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So that's where like the obsession with seven came from. It was just, that's why it's an important number. Yeah. There you go. The most popular lucky number, I think. Probably. Seven, 13. Mm-hmm. I feel like people 13, embrace the unluckiness. Oh, that could be. Three is a very common. 
So there you go. That was just my little, my, my two cents. That's probably wrong. I don't care. And we're back here on the King James Virgin. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us at KJV pod on both Twitter and Instagram to keep up with all the news, the scuttlebutt photos, whatever. Um, it's been a while since we've asked you to leave a star rating or review. Uh, so if you wouldn't mind, uh, take a minute, leave us a review on Apple podcast, Stitcher, Podchaser, or anywhere else that takes reviews. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Also, we actually, uh, we have these really amazing stickers printed They're They are silk screened uh, way too high quality. You don't even need to like our show to like the sticker. No, it is, uh, Jesus as a spitting lizard from, or spitting dinosaur from Jurassic Park, which yes, we know it's not like historically accurate. It's, it's a piece (laughs) of cartoon people, uh, regardless it's for sale on our website. So, you know, please go check that out. Uh, also another bit of housekeeping. We'd like to thank a listener, uh, Megan, uh, who gave us a lengthy call. It's actually too long to play on air, but, uh, we were given a plethora of information about, uh, some of the Catholic topics that we talked about on one of our first Catholic corner episodes. Uh, she very succinctly yet thoroughly answered some of, uh, Alan and Adam's questions. Very dumb questions. Was (laughs) unable to answer or didn't want to. Um, so, uh, thank you to Megan. If you want to engage with us, um, you can send a voice memo to us at dear Jesus at kingjamesvirgin.com. Correct. Thanks to Mascaras and Resurrection Records for the use of our theme song, Kixadi, off the album El Moren. This week's Resurrection Records artist is Seance Crasher. Um, so you can find a link to that song, to our theme song, to all sorts of things, including those stickers that you should buy because they're fucking awesome, on our website, kingjamesvirgin.com. Until next week, four horsemen of the apocalypse, four horsemen of the apocalypse.